0: I would have watched it yesterday, but my internet died Ugh. all Ugh. night. It was dead. The firecracks got to it. I had to, I don't, there was an outage in the neighborhood. I had to read a book, you guys. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I know. Like a paper book? Like a book with pages, yeah. Ugh. A paper book? How does that even work? I don't know. It's strange. My eyes hurt. Did you get a hand cramp from turning pages? No. <laughs>
1: Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. I'm Anne Lundholm, and this show has everything. Miscarriages of justice, an embrace of our rage, your picks for kids' television programming, scandalous novels, thoughts on the revolution, and so much more. The Fourth of July fireworks are over? Question mark? <laughs> no, never. Or no. Are they just always now? The socially distant cookouts, where everybody totally followed the rules, were a smashing success, and we're moving into the hot and sweaty days of July. I was going to say that it's a boot the boys episode, but we didn't actually so much boot them as they were unavailable. (laughs) Mike and Bobby have been off on a bro road trip. A broad, broad trip, trip. Broad <laughs> trip. <laughs> across some of the most COVID-infected parts of America. Great choices. <laughs> so the t Coven has convened to bring some female energy to this show.
2: From Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. Baum, Livingston Butler. Good morning, Hillary. Good morning from, you know, still COVID central, though. I guess our governor decided to, like, say wear masks and stay inside but i think i think it's pandora's box has been opened in texas so bye guys pretty interesting
1: <laughs> how he went from you can't require pe- people to wear masks to oh oh everybody <laughs> wear masks <laughs> no no everybody wear masks yeah you know great. a few thousand cases of infection no big deal <laughs> enough to change anybody's mind <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no big deal uh. and
1: from detroit michigan it's the mvh meredith van harn good morning meredith
0: Good morning, and we're doing better yeah. with coronavirus a little bit than everybody else. But I don't. I I'm, let's not get complacent, yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah, I'm still yeah. staying home. I'm still wearing my mask. I got invited to a cookout today, and I said no. <laughs> are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Why are you doing that? So we gotta mm-hmm. keep trying. Yep. My mom invited me to go to lunch
1: yesterday, and I said I'm not going to lunch. And she said we can sit outside on the patio. It'll be fine. And I said. Mm. <laughs> And then Mm -mm. it ended up being
0: like 93 degrees. And so that's another reason. She's like, it'll be outside on the patio. And I was like, nah, it's going to be 95 today. (laughs) I'm good. My air conditioning is
1: already working (laughs) over (laughs) time. And finally, from Linwood, Washington, we're joined by the nice lady, Christy Wise. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. How's the COVID situation up there?
3: We're, no one's listening. And so we're going back to phase
1: one. Um I just read this morning in the Washington Post there was a story that 15 fraternities yep. at the University of Washington have Brutal. covid cases. Yep. Cuz Shocked. Shocked.
3: they're still partying. Um yeah,
1: 117 cases I think something like that.
3: The that's one of the things is that we live in a we live in a um, county that's outside of Seattle, so we've been we've been good. We went to phase two, almost onto phase three, and then all the like redneck people that live around here decided to go anti-mask, and mm-hmm. um, the governor is now the antichrist because he is forcing this. Um, so because of that, we're slipping back too. Good,
2: good, good. Phase one, good.
3: Yeah, I mean, has anybody taken seriously their claims that he's the antichrist? Yes. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Could be. He could be. Jay Inslee. Dun dun dun. Uh, it should. This should not be a political thing. Like this no. is ridiculous. It is. This is America. Everything's a political it thing. Is. You know that. It is. But we're okay. on day 117 according to my wall here. Mm. In the oh, Snohomish with all the County. hash marks on it. Yep. Yeah. How's the
1: tunnel going? <sighs> Behind the picture of Donnie Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'm almost out. I'm almost to
1: my neighbor's
4: house.
3: (laughs) We just have new neighbors and they moved from this fancy neighborhood in Seattle called Queen Anne. And it's their first 4th of July and at two o'clock when it was still sounding like a war zone, Jeremy's like, I should have warned them. That this, it's not even over. This is nothing compared to what tonight will be like. So we have to warn. It's them. been
0: like that here for at least three weeks. Every single night, there's these enormous explosions and Last year, the 4th of July was terrible, terrible, terrible. It was that PTSD meme, you know, with like helicopters in the Mm. background. Mm, Yeah. Um, It was just so, so loud. So I anticipate we're recording this on the 4th of July. um, I anticipate tonight is going to be terrible. And I think it's going to be terrible for the next probably another three weeks.
2: Yep. Yep. When I was in Boston for my my father-in-law's funeral, I was staying in a room that didn't have air conditioning and said the windows were open and it was before the really like the news about fireworks were coming out or whatever that this was like a trend or I just hadn't heard it. And I kept just hearing pop, 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 pop. It wasn't so annoying. It was just like pops all the time. So I, I've kept forgetting to ask Dave, like, what is that? What's going on? And then I asked, he was like, Oh yeah, there just is like constantly fireworks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: My neighborhood is so sleepy and I am also not very far from the police station. So that might tamp down
3: oh, yeah. some yeah.
1: of the shenanigans. Yeah. But it's like every night right around ten o'clock or ten thirty, I get about three. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah. And then it's done. And normally it is only like the week around the fourth of July, but it started mid June for sure this yeah. year. People yeah. just there are a lot of to blow conspiracy
0: theories and I can see how that happens, but I, th- I think people are just bored and, yeah. up and yep. pent up.
1: Agreed. Uh, well, as always, we'll get started with a bit of small talk and check to see what's in the mailbag, cover a variety of topics in Medium Talk, offer some t recommendations, do a little housekeeping and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Holy shit, we've got a lot to do today. We do. Let's get yeah. to it. Hillary,
2: get yes. us started. All right, here's some small talk. We're gonna keep it small. We are. I gotta. I gotta limit myself. Okay. First of all, keep the Tishy Shark Tank suggestions coming. We've gotten some really good ones. I think Christy has some. I have mm-hmm. one. Meredith. Um, Meredith. Um, Meredith I like has yours. some. Wait, oh, we-, we can't use that. That's so stupid. <laughs> no, it's amazing.
5: <laughs> <That> thing- yes. <laughs> it is. All right. I'll submit it. <laughs> uh,
2: we got some good ones. I think we're gonna do it in the next couple, probably not next week, but the week after that. Right is sort of what yeah. we were aiming for. So we got a couple of weeks to get them in and we're stoked because there's some really good ideas. I think it's going to be fun. Also, in small talk, I just I had to I'm not going to recommend this because it's so like basic. Like I can't. This is like <laughs> my brand. I can't. <laughs> I can't recommend it. But of course, I watched Hamilton on Disney Plus. I can't believe I'm pl- out of curiosity. What time of the day did you watch? You know, it? I waited because I wanted my children to watch it. Bridget was nominally interested in. Rory was very into it, so I did watch it in the mor- on Friday morning, which is like pretty good. I thought about staying up, but I'm like, no, I need to like fully experience it and you know be
0: not awake grungy.
2: and yeah, wait.
0: Not- so, so you only watched it once. I've only watched it
2: once so what? far. So far, I oh went to the gosh. pool yesterday. Um, but um, <laughs> Priorities. it's I know it's so one of my I really try not to have like regrets in life because you know things are what they are and you just have to like truggle on. The one of my regrets in life is that I did not see the original Broadway cast of Hamilton. And I remember really trying to get Dave to like do it for my birthday or something. He was just like, I can't we can't afford this. Like, it's, it's like four hundred dollars a ticket, isn't more it? More than that. More it than was, that. was yeah, so for the original yeah. cast. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was like so it was like a thousand. Yeah. And then Ugh. you know, flying to New York and staying in New York. Well he the... doesn't have to go. Well I know I right. kind of was like you don't have to do this, just, maybe. Yeah, we we just only need one I ticket. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Like I can be by myself. I have friends in New York like I can go hang out with people. Um but he did like it as well. Wanted to see it, but I was I regretted it. Um but I am so happy they recorded this. I and I know it goes against the ethos of Broadway like live theater is important and I love live theater and I do think it's important, but Broadway is so prohibitively obviously prohibitively expensive that for shows like this, I think they should do it because it makes an impact on people. Like I know so many people that saw the Les Mis like 25th anniversary concert on PBS or or performance and Mm -hmm. that like made them love Broadway that made them love musicals in a way that they couldn't because they couldn't afford it or just the access wasn't there so I, I don't know I just think they could do it and obviously if you look at social media like everybody's watching it and it's so beautifully done I think that they did an amazing job I mean they spent days and days you know this was not just like set a camera record like you know there were different angles and everything but Anyway, it's wonderful and I cried several times and Angelica, Renee Elise Goldsberry is Dave even was like, she is a star. And I'm like, I know. And she is like 49 years old and she's amazing and satisfied made me cry. That was the first time I cried. <laughs> um, she won the Tony, didn't she? She did. She did. And, and she's, she's like one of those actors that's like been in, you know, she was like in the good wife. Like I think she was sort of trying to find, she has a fabulous voice. And I think she was in a rant as well, but, um, but yeah, she's, amazing anyway I love it but then this is what I've been reflecting on lately and I somebody said this and I so I'm this is not my original idea obviously but so when Hamilton came out it was during the Obama administration and it was like this hopeful kind of tome to American ingenuity but like the flaws of the founding fathers but still they had this great idea uh, this great unfinished symphony. I'm going to start singing. I'm not going to, but um, mm-hmm. I want to. Um, <laughs> but you know, all these like beautiful things. And I was a political science major, and you know, really like I consider myself patriotic in the ways of like thinking that this was such a great idea and such a great start for a country. But then now lately, I've been thinking, and you know, the horse shit that we're dealing with with this administration, and just like what's been going on. I mean, forever, but like really has come to light, at least for me, and the past few years, it's like, wouldn't it have been better if we had lost
5: the revolution?
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> would it have been like, like we would have been like Canada, you know, like not that Canada is perfect at all, but like, would we have had universal health care? Would I be like not scared to get sick and go into medical debt? Or, you know, maybe we would st- we would still have a democracy. It wouldn't be the same, but we wouldn't have this like, like we were talking about this individualism that is so not so unique, but it's kind of unique to the United States where people don't want to wear fucking masks because Mm -hmm. they think that they're so unique and they don't have to like focus on the good of a whole. And well, it's
1: something that is really commendable, but then can tip into toxicity yeah, easily Mm -hmm. as we're finding out. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Because this is the thing that I've been getting really mad about um, lately is, you know, obviously I'm mad when people aren't wearing masks or when there's like big frat parties or whatever. But the thing is like, Every person in the world is stupid to some extent, but like other countries have been able to tackle this because I don't know, because there's a big government that is leading the way and telling them that they have to do stuff and putting rules in place. And ours is just like, eh, state's rights. I don't know. Local Mm -hmm. rights. I don't know. Who's who the fuck is in charge? Like, I understand sort of why people are confused because there's so many mixed messages going on and it's really frustrating. So anyway, that's what I've been reflecting on as beautiful as Hamilton is and and. Now I kind of see it in a different light as like, oh, these guys were really flawed. Like, yes, they had a good idea, but like it is unfinished. And I don't know, maybe we need to circle back and like <laughs> rethink about some things. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my Hamilton thoughts. Let's start again. Yeah, let's just start yeah. again. For it's 82. okay. Let's just get yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> like there's some good ideas in there. Three branches of equal branches of government, which we aren't really using right now. Like that's great. Let's, like, think about that. Let's go back to that. And really I mean, I think it's like it. it's like capitalism.
1: Capitalism on its face is a great thing, but people cheat. Yeah. People yep. cheated on yeah. democracy. Yes.
2: Yep. <sighs> anyway, but watch Hamilton because it's wonderful. And um, I this is the last thing I'll say about it. I love, I think Lin-Manuel is a genius. He did this whole thing. He is probably my least favorite performance in the whole thing. He's just so... Such a theater kid And you can see it Like in his face He's just such a nerd But Renee Elise Goldberry Is amazing So is Daveed Diggs And he's fucking hot And um, Aaron Burr Or uh, Leslie Odom Jr Is so good So good Well
1: I I too Appreciate Lin-Manuel Miranda But his genius Is in the writing Not in his acting Or singing Yes
0: I was thinking that When I was listening to I was listening to him Oh he was on Mabim Bam This past week And I was like I wonder if he sings in Hamilton because it's his like for would sure anyone let yeah. him oh, sing in yeah totally 100% and
2: he's 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 said that before where he's like I wrote it for me you know so I could be in something and like do mm-hmm. but yeah
1: yeah and he's very cute but he's not like leading man yeah handsome no. kind of things he's no. that guy who's in that everybody lets be in the group because he's the one that does all the work <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes
2: he's like I'll do and it he all he has the good ideas <laughs> Can well, hang
3: out with you guys I'll do it And it just seems he's in so, so much awe of everybody that he's working with. Like he can't, it's almost like he can't believe he gets to work with these people every day. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cute. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
1: He's great. And I do think he's talented. Just, you know, the, the difference when you're working with, like you said, people with Daveed Diggs. Yeah. Renae yeah. Goldberry, right. where they're just
2: world class. So right. it's you know. Well, that's why I was so happy when in the Tonys when Leslie Odom Jr. won for Best Actor because he really deserved it. Like, I mean, it's very um, you know Amadeus where. The mm I mean you know, and it's Salieri. Kind of, yeah, Salieri like wins because you're just like, Oh, like he this is a, an amazing performance. Like he is wonderful. And you know, Lyndon Miranda won for everything else, so mm-hmm. let, let the mm-hmm. actors actually do it. So Yeah. He doesn't have to win for acting. No, no, not at all. Anyway, so it was good. I recommend. If you want I'll give you my like password for Disney Plus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now everybody, mark. This is the end of Hillary talking about Hamilton. Yeah, I'm
2: done. I'm done. All right, let's move on to the mailbag. Um, okay, we got a little bit of mail um, from Eric. This is the actual email. He said, as much as I cherish my visits to the Northeast Mid-Atlantic and Kevin Smith films, I need to correct the record on your reference to Mallrats. While the movie is set in New Jersey, it was actually filmed at Eden Prairie Mall right here in Minnesota. Easy mistake. People used to laud the beauty of Minneapolis watching Juno, but they are really complimenting Vancouver, British Columbia. <laughs> Local film board and cinema money is no joke.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. I, I mean, I, obviously, obviously, I knew that it was filmed here, but not set here. But yeah. I don't know, Eric. It's the inside of a mall. Yeah. Does it matter that much? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have you been to that mall? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. Actually, yesterday when we were when Dave and I were watching um, The Babysitter's Club, because, yes, I made my husband watch The Babysitter's Club, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was like, this is totally filmed in, like, toronto or something and i'm like probably because they can like make it sort of bucolically suburban and then if they need to go to new york toronto works just as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so thank you for the correction appreciate it <laughs> and then okay now we're going to move on to the question of the week responses uh from bob as always he actually responded to is jeremy a monster wrong?
1: Um, (laughs) i mean a candy monster specifically just not not a monster in general (laughs) i wouldn't say that
2: Uh, the only possible response to this is rare zen cohen that has an actual answer if a man is alone in a forest and he speaks is he still wrong the answer of course is yes a more modern version if a white man is alone oh shut up and check your privilege true true Oh, thanks, Bob. Um, and as for the question of the week about um, children's programming, I have to apologize because I, I opened the floodgates.
0: <laughs> yeah, really? This went off the rails. choose
1: like, whatever. <laughs> I was trying to keep it wrangled by saying that everybody got one submission and you were like, eh, just tell us a bunch of them. There's lots of
2: okay. choices. I,
1: I listened to that
2: and I was horrified. I was like, Hillary! Uh, no! yeah so we got a lot of responses <laughs> for this um i i try to limit it. i'm not gonna read everybody's because we would this is would be the whole day and we're just gonna keep like snail uh snake eating its tail on this one but sean says land of the lost which i vaguely remember and kind of being scared of
4: um, oh i loved that
2: yeah that was i yeah I, re- I remember it um will said star blazers i guess that's for him and I think Phyllis likes that one as well. And Backyard Against, which I, Bridget, you had a moment with Backyard Against. It was pretty cute. They had some cute songs. <laughs>
1: is Star Blazers the one with the puppets, the marionettes? Maybe.
2: I'm not familiar. I need to ask Dave because they're all in the same, like, micro generation. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan says, I don't consider them up a the kids show, so Sesame Street it is, which I kind of agree with. Um Let's see. Ann Miner says, we watched the hell out of some Pee-wee's Playhouse when my kid was young. We found a full set of VHS, VHS tapes thrifting. I love, well, I had complicated feelings about Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like, I always watched it, but I thought it was so weird, but I always watched it regardless. Because I was like, eh, it's on. Uh, um, breaking news,
1: Star Blazers is Japanese animation. Oh. <laughs> looks like.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, kind of like anime looking Yep. Characters. Yeah, I kinda remember
0: that. Not puppets. No.
2: <laughs> um Tears says Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, Marvel Spider Man, uh, DuckTales, both old and new, Star versus the <laughs> Forces. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> and Batman the Animated Series, which Rory has started Ooh, watching. Oh, that was good. Yeah. that went beyond, mm-hmm. was yeah. that the one? That I was really so. good. It was good. Uh David says Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Flintstones, Jetsons. Yeah, the usual. Mm-hmm.
1: Scooby Doo is mine.
2: I think, yeah. just because
1: just because I think when I was like six or seven and I got off the school bus, if I just rushed my walk a little bit, I knew I would get home right in time for Scooby-Doo to be on.
0: That was me and Animaniacs. Yes. I had to like yeah. rush from the bus to get home to get <laughs> get there in time for Animaniacs to be on.
2: Yeah, I loved Scooby Doo, and I loved when there were like <laughs> guest appear, like guest cameos. I
1: would have no idea who Phyllis Diller is, other than the. <laughs> I,
2: I love
0: that people like that used to be on kids shows. it's have any frame of reference? I know they're like, <laughs> oh,
2: star of, like fifty screen Phyllis Diller. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the Harlem Globetrotter.
2: Yes, that makes sense. Yes. Uh no that's yeah I learned about the Harlem Globetrotters 100% from Scooby Doo I had no other I mean the, yeah. I guess they would come every once in a while but that was my my major source um Charles, who is somebody I used to work with in Los Angeles, and we share b- many similar um, pop culture tastes, he said, too many to pick, but quick favorites. You can't do that on television. All that. Tiny tunes, Saved by the Bell and similar shows. California Dreams. <laughs> City Guys, et cetera. And Clarissa explains it all. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Charles, mm-hmm. I, I was
1: thinking about whether we would include Saved by the Bell as yeah. children's
2: programming, but I think it is. Yeah. No, it is. It, okay. So how I always related this was this is my like 12 year old brain thinking is i like got had subscriptions to both teen magazine and 17 magazine and i thought that say by the bell was like teen because it was really for like preteens like it wasn't it wasn't like real yes. high school and then yeah mm-hmm. by the time you were the same age as the characters you were too old for the right. show exactly and then which does
1: not mean you didn't watch it
2: <laughs> well no of course I but like still. would watch it if it was on right now but oh, yeah. um Beverly Hills 90210 was like the 17 because it was like a little bit racier right? see yep. I always
0: thought but I was maybe a little too young because I was like I don't relate to this at all I don't understand this these people are scary and old <laughs> <They're grown laughs> well yeah <laughs> I mean they were in some cases well yeah like, Harry <laughs> was like 45 <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Like interesting hairline for a teenager,
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wrinkles. Why did he but, live okay. in
3: a hotel? Like everything was weird. He was
2: troubled. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was troubled. He was an alcoholic at sixteen. Um, it was a problem. Okay, Kaylin says, "Listen, I mourn my kids outgrowing My Little Pony: Friendship is Magic. They only request it when they are very ill, which I never wish for. Well, um, now My Little Ponies." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hillary's like, "Are they going to be quiet?" Right, <laughs> no, exactly. <you're sick."> <laughs> Um, My Little Pony is fun. And actually, the movie was pretty good. It came out like three years ago or something. I I enjoyed it. Um, Kenneth said, so many choices. I probably watch too much TV. I mean, hello. Welcome. Um, One of my favorites was Captain Planet. For dislikes, I never liked Barney, and it was a favorite of my little sisters. I used to like changing the theme songs to... I love you, you love me. Let's get together and kill Barney. <laughs> oh yeah, we did that too. Yep. <laughs> My brother used to change the uh, lyrics to Inspector Gadget, and I can't re- I can't say what he said because it was like had bad words in it. But um, <laughs> it was I know, but we thought it was the height. That's a catchy of the word. song. It was. Yeah,
1: nobody's brought up Inspector Gadget. That's well, a good
4: one. Well, oh, I used to
2: love that. I did too, but it's so frustrating because he's such a fucking dumbass and. Mm-hmm. Penny and the fucking dog did more than, you know, he did. But I think
0: that's why kids loved it. Well, yeah. I was too dumb to realize that he was bad at his job. I was just like, this is amazing. Look at what he can do with his arms. <laughs> go, go, gadget arms. And
1: I was like, how, where is he storing that helicopter? Well, yeah, blades you maybe that comes
0: out maybe too <laughs> and too smart for this show. <laughs> I love it. He's like,
2: I don't understand. Like, show me the engineering behind this because it's very confusing. Um All right. Then Linda says, Boomer here, and Kangaroo, Mickey Mouse Club, and all the Looney Tunes, which are so problematic. I guess they are. Mm-hmm. And it is really funny to think, like, this is why I thought it was so funny in Wayne's world, that, like, when Bugs Bunny dressed as, like, a lady bunny, like, like <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> He's sexy.
4: <laughs> so weird.
2: Yeah. Lipstick and a dress is all it takes. <laughs> yep. Um, Saul says today's special was a childhood favorite of mine the show took place at night in the department store run by a puppet night watchman named Sam Crenshaw and his computer TXL I loved that one yeah, I know I loved it we talked about it briefly and it was it was a really good I, again I have to believe that it's from Canada it has to be because that's so it's so weird and it was on well, ni- er, early Nickelodeon which
1: was on i mean stall. Saul did spell favorite with a U
2: oh oh so. right. oh, oh. All right, yeah, you're showing your colors. Um, Chelsea said she raw Princess of Power. That was Hell a yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the costume designs
1: were a little <laughs> funny on those because they all looked like... Um, the bodice of their outfits looked like a figure um, with two arms holding barrels and the barrels were their boobs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it's funny too because like now when I rewatch with my kids when I rewatch like the little mermaid or something, I'm like, she's like nude. Like she is barely wearing a bathing suit. It's like hold up by her giant boobs. Like her, her shell, <laughs> she's <wearing> a
0: strapless <laughs> shell bra and no pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> a little sexy um okay alicia
2: says square one like snl for kids and all about math ending each day with incredible serialized dragnet inspired Mathnet, where yes. george frankly and kate monday later replaced by pat tuesday obviously solve crimes using math i still remember some of the songs and storylines vividly 30 plus years later great cameos too
1: i loved Mathnet. yeah
2: Oh, it's good. No, it's really good. My kids watch this show called Odd Squad, which I think is pretty cute. Another Canadian show, but it's like a math-based, like, solving. Like, they're basically in the FBI. Um, and I enjoy it. And, like, learn things from it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good way to estimate. <laughs> My <laughs> kids should watch that. I know. It's yeah. good. Um, uh, Jonathan says, Recess. I love that show. And I responded, I was way too old to watch it. Like, I was a teenager, but loved Recess. Loved it. It was cute. Uh, my mother, Kathleen, says Fury and Sky King, which we, nobody knows. <laughs> and she posted the, the description <laughs> now, underneath. are those
0: ones puppets?
2: No idea. Is Literally, I need... <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Olivia says the Get Along Gay t- Gang, Today's Special, Kids Incorporated, and Double Dare. I mean, Kids Incorporated, I can't believe I like, didn't think about it. I loved it so much. It's what I wanted to do with my life. And... Uh, you know, Stacey Ferguson, aka Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, was on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martika, who sang Toy Soldiers, is that the name of the song? I think so. She was also on oh it. Oh, gosh, yes. It was really good. Was Guys, really I good.
0: did look up today's special, and it was produced by TV Ontario, 1981 <laughs> to 1987. So good call. <laughs> Not
2: surprising.
0: Um, Libby,
2: I just like this. Libby says, supermarket sweep. I just thought that was a funny... <laughs> I loved that. I did, too. It was such a good I did, show. too.
0: Didn't know anything about grocery shopping or money or yeah. food. No. But I was just like,
2: this looks like so much fun. Just shoveling things into mm-hmm. your car. Just like, bam, 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 bam. Let's go.
1: Well, it, I mean, it's sort of in the same grocery store style thing as The Price is Right. Like, yeah. we yep. had no idea what anything yeah. cost. No. No. Oh,
0: no. Price is Right made me anxious when I was a kid because I was like, I don't know how much dish soap costs. <laughs> <laughs> And the Yolderler keeps climbing up the mountain. <laughs> and <laughs> it tips over.
2: Oh, God. I loved it so much, though. When I was sick, I'd be like, yes. Yes, this is, yes. It's my time to shine. This is a like a leftover from TBTL, but I do remember laughing when Luke would say. I think that they he just wanted to play the hole-in-one game just to show that like he was so good
3: yes. at golf.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Oh, it was good, though. It's a banana. Uh, How much could it cost? $10?
2: <laughs> and also... Like, are we talking about California prices or are we talking about, true? No, like, because like when I go to Boston, things, groceries are way more expensive there. So I need to know what the baseline is. It's just a random guessing
0: game. There's no (laughs) skill to it.
2: (laughs) There is. Um, And then Beth (laughs) says, I love the adventures of Winnie the Pooh so much that I can still sing the theme song. Obviously, I love the Simpsons the most. Lucy loves Phineas and Ferb, which is actually pretty funny. And it's pretty good if you don't, I don't mind it at all. As a family, we also have been watching We... Bear Bears. It's a really fun cartoon. Sorry, Anne. I know I broke the rules. And I thought we should finish on that. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what, but Because you brought up Winnie the Pooh, I forgive you. Yes. Because Winnie the Pooh is one of my favorites as well. So good. So good. I know most of the songs from the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it.
2: All right. That's basically, that's it. There was a lot more, but thank you for sharing because it was fun. It was fun to think about those, the ones that we had totally forgotten about. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yes. And we'll have this week's question of the week a little bit later yeah. in Medium Talk. So
1: let's go to Medium Talk. We thought since we were having a Coven show, maybe we could all bring one of our patented segments to the table. So Meredith and I are going to start off with the Lady Scientists Explain, which is a name I still don't really like, Meredith. No. no. We need something catchier, but I can't figure out what it would be. Okay, we can brainstorm. I mean, maybe um, anybody that has an idea, post it on
2: Facebook for yes. us,
1: will you? So let's let's hive mind this. So we yeah, because it,
2: it's better. like it's like how I've like been trying to stop myself by saying like white trash because that in, like insinuates that trash is you know not white, which is like absolutely not true, like. Like a scientist insinuates, like a lady scientist insinuates that like a scientist is inherently a male, and that's not. True. Well, that's just because Mike was the one who started calling <laughs> this lady scientists. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, exactly. Uh, but the topic that I came up today for the unnamed science uh, segment was I want to talk about forensic science. Yes. And I'm coming at this from a perspective of, Hillary, you have your favorite movie podcast, Blank Check. Yes. I have my favorite movie podcast, The Flophouse. And they were talking on last week's show about detectives and detective fiction and detective movies. And they said something that I thought was really interesting was that there are basically two kinds of detectives. And there's like the noir detective, where the world is a cesspit and everybody's awful, and there's this one person man who's trying to stand up and do what's right in this one little island. And there's the other um, section, which is the what we call the cozy mysteries, where the world basically runs pretty good, mm-hmm. but every once in a while a bad person comes, and then you need Jessica Fletcher actually yeah, <laughs> like come. And straighten it out and everybody can go back to being happy. So that's like the two different world views. And I was thinking that that whole um, police procedural concept, your CBS primetime lineup, really falls into the cozy mystery slot where the world is just more or less, but then the bad guys come and the really good guys have to put it down so that we can go back to our nice ordered world and one thing that's really been incorporated in the last 20 years is the quote-unquote science of forensics directly with CSI to the to the point where prosecutors and I guess lawyers in general refer to the CSI effect in trials it's that jurors want to have forensics for uh, evidence they're you know testimony from witnesses and so forth is not sufficient because they want the fingerprint and the hairs and the ballistic everything so that you can have that nice neat package that wraps up somebody's guilt incontrovertibly and you don't have to go through the difficult process of sort of weighing their guilt yeah you can just check the box and go on with your day and the Problem with that is that um, forensic science is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's a pseudoscience, <laughs> and so we—I think we all know that at this point that polygraphs uh, are not admissible in court. Lie detectors don't actually tell whether somebody's lying. We've agreed on that. They, they'll signify whether somebody is nervous or anxious.
0: Yeah, it just measures your heart rate, measures your skin temperature, just things right. that in- indicate whether you're stressed out or not. Which, if you're being interrogated by the police, I mean, I'd be stressed.
5: Right. Totally. Yeah.
1: Listen, if I'm driving somewhere and a cop car just like pulls out behind Ooh. me, oh, randomly, your heart is beating.
2: I freak it's out. horrible.
1: Now, let's just take a moment and think okay what if we were a black man right, yeah. right. and yes. a cop yes. pulled out behind us <laughs> randomly and
0: how much worse
1: that would be yeah. I think like that, that every
0: time I'm like I'm just a dumb white lady yep. like they don't care about me yes Yeah. <laughs> and I'm <Yep>. still scared
1: <laughs> there's absolutely no reason that they would pull me over or anything not that there has to be a reason apparently but yeah so polygraphs haven't been admissible for a long time I think like handwriting analysis Maybe has been discredited, Mm. but other things that are commonly brought up in court that uh, have no scientific basis behind them are fingerprints, hair, fibers, blood spatter, ballistics, fire marks, (laughs) bite marks, tool marks. (laughs) I mean, these (sighs) are things that have been used to put people away for life put or people or to death, death.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: and it's all based on nothing but our intuition yeah. i guess the thing that i always think about taking it back to csi and i was talking about this when we were discussing this topic in our jamboree meeting is like on csi They've found a fingerprint at the crime scene and they scan it into their database. And so they're having the CSI meeting or whatever. (laughs) And they have it. The fingerprint is projected on a big monitor. And then they're like, we ran it through the database and they have this revolving images of all these different fingerprints to which they... Compared it and then boom, one pops up and it's yeah. like match, 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 and all the little different signifiers match. And they're like, it's this person.
2: We got it.
1: Yep. In reality, this is not a thing. <laughs> this does not happen. Fingerprint analysis is done by people who compare two fingerprints and go, yeah, that looks about right. Close enough. Yep. <laughs> yep. Interesting. You wouldn't think so from everything that has been uh, presented to us, but that's exactly how it works. And I did find, I should have opened this beforehand, but I did find an actual study on fingerprint accuracy and... I've
0: got it open. It's called Accuracy and Reliability of Forensic Latent Fingerprint Decisions. And what stuck out to me about this paper... So they did a kind of analysis that I do all the time at work, which was the sensitivity and specificity kind of um, uh, looking at how well um, different people are able to distinguish the truth from fiction. And... To do that, you have to have a gold standard. You have to know what the truth is. So that's kind of a difficult thing to get with something like this. But the, they, they set up this experiment where they knew what the matches were, and they had people try to match them up and find fingerprint matches, and they were, spoiler alert, terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. And and this – so usually if I'm doing this at work, it's with – um like x-rays or something, you know, some sort of diagnostic imaging. And and I mean, we all know that's how doctors do it. They look at the picture and they say, you've got this, you've got that. And do- different doctors can disagree on measurements, on diagnoses, on what they see in an image, and it's no different for fingerprints.
1: Hmm. Here's some of the terrifying numbers. 85% of the 169 fingerprint examiners they tested made at least one false negative error for an overall false negative rate of 7.5%. Now, I would rather they do a false negative. Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm
1: happier about that. But it says five out of the 169 people made false positive errors for an overall false positive rate of 0.1%. Okay, 0.1%. That's pretty low. That's like one in a thousand, right? But if you were that... Thousandth case, right? I mean, how many criminal court cases are there in a year? Yeah. That's actually a lot of people that could be falsely convicted based on this evidence or based in part on this evidence. This is from 2011. I think this is the first real scientific study that I could find on this. Mm -hmm. And it's less than 10 years old. And how long have we been doing this? Over 100 years. Yeah. It sort of staggers the mind at how many people could have been punished for something they didn't do. It's
0: appalling. Just reading about all of these, I was struck by how bad we are at determining people's guilt and how much we rely on assumptions and prejudices.
5: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. Totally. And there are things... That come into it. We assume that when someone is put on the stand as an expert, that they are trustworthy. Yeah. Yep. Or or that... And I'm not saying that uh, forensic analysts are not um, honest, although... Um, well, some, of, some them. of them are. <laughs> 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 are not. Um, in terms of bite marks, this one is wild. There was... Um, <laughs> Podcast called, uh, what was the podcast? I don't, but Net- Netflix made a series that was called The Innocence Files. That I think it was eight episodes that, um, uh, showed how the Innocence Project was, uh, working to, uh, overturn convictions of people who were wrongly convicted. But there was one of them where they featured this guy, Dr. Michael West, who's a forensic odontologist. So he's a bite mark expert. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, um, This guy is a piece of work. I mean, he was, I mean, I don't even know how to talk about what a like a terrible, terrible person he was. There was one that I really enjoyed. I mean, in its horrificness, where he said he matched the bite mark in a bologna sandwich (laughs) to the person who was convicted of the crime.
4: What?
1: Um, all this in spite of the fact that the victim had a bologna sandwich in their stomach. So right. it was a lot more likely that they had just been eating their lunch <laughs> when the person attacked them. Not that the killer then paused to take the bite
0: out of their bologna. So, and I, so I read the, the article. So we should post these yeah. articles yeah. so yeah, that sure. so that you guys can read that. There's a really amazing slate article about this guy, Dr. West. And, if you want an idea this is what came to mind. I was taking notes when I was reading this article and I said he sounds very similar to another prominent idiot right now, <laughs> overly proud of his fame and appearances, accusing other people of exactly what he's guilty of and playing the victim mm. all the time. <laughs>
4: hmm. Weird. Weird.
0: There's a, I also took out a quote that I found striking and it's it's kind of long but um if I could just read it real quick. By the late 1990s, West was considered something of a quack, even within the already dubious forensic specialty of bite mark analysis. By the 1990s, you guys. Oh my uh, yet Mississippi and Louisiana prosecutors continued to use him. Mississippi and Louisiana trial courts kept allowing him to testify, and Mississippi and Louisiana appellate courts kept upholding the crazy things he'd claim on the witness <laughs> stand. So mm-hmm. he's been discredited for years, and they still call him up because he puts people away, and that's what prosecutors want.
2: Yeah. They want the yep. conviction, right?
1: And there have been some some legal rulings that I didn't wrangle for this because I'm not a lawyer, guys. <laughs> but <laughs> um, there have been some decisions handed down that have essentially have said, well, it's the jury's responsibility to sift through the the evidence presented by the expert witnesses and decide whether it meets the criteria. And I'm like, no. Juries don't know anything about this. The judges often don't know. Sometimes it's, you know, the judges have to um, hold the line an, on admissibility and the judges don't know any better than anybody else. So it's all this garbage being let in as evidence, which then becomes precedent for other cases in right. the future.
0: And and West made that argument. Like there are so many weird exchanges Um, where he's just outright hostile to the lawyer who's questioning him and he's just being an absolute jerk. And one of the things he says is like, well, this isn't my problem. I didn't put these people away. The juries did. And Mm -hmm. it's like, they put you up as an expert. They have to listen to your expert opinion and then make a decision. What else can they do?
1: Yeah, those conversations were something else.
0: Yeah. I can't believe the judge let him speak that way. Like, I, I am not a huge crime show person, although I did watch all of SVU start to finish. And the judge doesn't let anybody get away with being snarky on those shows. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ugh, I know. it really, It really did, you know,
2: the CSI... NCIS, all of that. I mean, not, SSI, but CSI for sure. It was just like, this is a science and this is legit. And now, you know, like I think DNA stuff is, is something different, but, but this stuff is just all bullshit. And you get somebody with ha- that seems like they have some sort of expertise and authority and people just like follow over because they, they don't understand science and don't mm-hmm. really want it, which is understandable. But like, it's these charlatans that are kind of like getting, and we just accept it. I
1: mean, I, I call into question about how Dexter really solved his murder cases. I know. Well,
3: he just did the murders and then solved them. <laughs> He's
0: that's like, I true. did it. Yes. Literally. I know how I did it. I figured it out. I can't
3: believe that bite marks are still used because you can make your teeth look like anyone. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, I know that that used to be a thing. We'll get the dental records. Yeah. We, we right. <laughs> right.
0: Well, you can identify people from like remains. I don't think that's fake. But you can't. I mean, he's talking about t- a bite mark in a person's skin, and then being able to identify with one hundred percent accuracy yeah. yep. Yep. the well, person who did it. Also,
3: like, that's crazy. Even with dental records, who are dentists just sending my? Is my dentist sending my thing to a to like a <laughs> database? I imagine
2: you'd need a warrant for that because yeah. it's medical information. Yeah. Okay. yeah, there's like HIPAA stuff that goes on with that. But yeah. only if they think you're dead, Christy. Okay. okay. <laughs> But do they call all
3: the
0: dentists? Like, I would have to go missing <laughs> first, right? They'd have to figure uh, out who your dentist is. Do you have with. a patient named Christina Wise? <laughs> call every dent- dentist yes. in the country. There are some logistics. Like, yellow problems pages. I never just really imagine someone
3: like yellow pages. Oh, no, not. <laughs> Again, they're, Dennis. Like, they're
0: like, we have these dental records or the,
1: this dental profile of somebody. We don't know who it's for because just send it to all the
3: dentists in the United <laughs> States. And one of them will say, yes, it's a match. It's a match. <laughs> but even with fingerprints. So I had a friend that was murdered by her husband, but his fingerprints were all over the car because they own it together. Yeah. 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 Right. So. I, I mean, I know, like, people who've gotten their house broken into or their car broken into, they're like, take the fingerprints. What are you going to do with that? The cops aren't going <laughs> to do it. Sometimes they'll do it. They'll, like, put the black stuff all over the black dust. Yeah. To, or whatever.
0: Well, and that only works if you have a record of that person's yes. fingerprints. Yes. I've never been fingerprinted. Well, right. that's not true. I was fingerprinted for my TSA pre-check. So I guess they'd have to go to them and ask for my right. fingerprints or if it's in some database somewhere. But if you've never been fingerprinted and you do a crime... <laughs> yes, you're not going to get caught from that.
2: I know. I had to get fingerprinted for my my commercial real estate or my real estate license, like through the state. And I'm like, no mm. they have them. Yeah. I can't commit <laughs> crimes anymore. Nope, Dave <laughs> is safe for now. I'm not going to with him. <laughs>
0: Just do it in the car where you both are all the time. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh,
1: so there's a there's a second leg to this discussion. So my first my part A. Point one in my outline was the quote-unquote science of forensics, and part two is the psychology of forensics, which you talked about a little bit. Uh, in that, as as jurors, we are um, predisposed to, you know, believe what the quote-unquote expert tells us. But the other part of that is that our judicial system aligns forensic analysts with prosecutors, because the forensics labs are most often run by the state. And so in so many cases, people in those labs who are supposed to be sort of neutral arbiters of science and truth are actually part of the prosecution team. And there is another Netflix show that was called how to fix a drug scandal. That was very interested. That was about two cases in Massachusetts where they had to vacate 47,000 drug convictions Jesus! because one (laughs) of the um, crime, it was a drug lab analyst Um, had a drug problem. And so she started by stealing the drugs that they used to (laughs) test substances that came into lab. And when she had stolen so much of that that she, you know, felt like somebody might notice, uh, she actually started stealing the evidence. And just hoping nobody would notice. And it turned out that there were like three people total that worked at that lab. So there was almost no supervision and um, they didn't catch her for, for years. And so not just stealing the evidence, but she was high all the time oh my God. when she was working. So all those convictions that she was a part of had to be turned over. And the second one was, I want to say Amherst, I should read the article again, but on the other side of Massachusetts where um, it was found that this chemist straight up faked results. like, it, And it seemed to be, I want to say she was like um, from an Indian American like immigrant family and she seemed to be having, um, you know, the kind of pressure that uh, immigrant families can put on children to be successful and, yeah. you know, be the top of their professions and produce things and it seemed like she was so invested in being the best that she just she faked him and there she had a crush on one of the prosecutors and so they show tons of emails where she was talking about let's get this defendant let's make sure we put him away so she was definitely on the side of prosecution and conviction and i think Besides having bad actors who are specifically breaking the rules, I think that there's just bias in there if you are part of of the the side that does the prosecution yeah. rather than a neutral yeah. third yeah. party. Yeah. Itself, for sure. Yeah.
2: 47,000 taking um, drug convictions. Damn. I mean, I'm glad that they discovered it, you know, but that is, that's nuts. Yeah. But that's going back years poly. and
1: years, like yeah. how many... People's eyes were ruined. Yep. Yep. Even if their convictions are vacated after that, how do they go back to their lives? So, I mean, it's disturbing, but it was actually, it was a really interesting watch. Again, it was called How to Fix a Drug Scandal. It was only a couple of months ago, a few months ago that it came yeah. out. So that's... going to check that yeah. out. Did
3: the state end up having to pay? Oh, I don't remember.
1: I do believe there's a lawsuit going on. Good. It was pretty yeah. recent, yeah. this yeah. thing. It was in the last year or two that it happened. Damn. Can we
0: talk about the fire
1: yeah. Yes. That is one <laughs> yeah. of the best articles that I've ever read. I remember reading yes. it years yep. ago, yes. and it's not short, but I read the whole thing again no. No. the other
0: day because it was so good. Yep. It's a New Yorker article from, what, 2009? Yeah. About Cameron Todd Willingham, who was put to death for setting his house on fire and killing his two children, three mm-hmm. children? Three.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: His yeah twins and then his older daughter and he was innocent yep fully yep totally innocent and they could have stopped it but nobody paid attention to the one eccentric weirdo who figured it out <laughs> who actually
1: had experience with what actually happens in a fire yeah like yeah. the real science
0: of fire like it's yep. so crazy to me that this stuff exists this is observable this is learnable we could we could do it right and we just aren't yep these were
1: trained fire investigators several of whom had lots of experience but the problem was they were taught using junk science and so they would go to their handbook and say well this is what this means and there was a lot of technical stuff in the article but one of the things that that really out was they were talking about the windows and how a lot of the windows developed a distinct sort of um spider webbing appearance in the house and they said that that was evidence of use of an accelerant to set the fire and the eccentric weirdo was like wait a minute no it's not and he went back and he (laughs) did extensive testing and it turns out that the spider webbing forms when cold water is uh uh, applied to a very hot surface glass surface like that that's the rapid cool down is what causes the cracks but for decades been convicting people based on incorrect evidence and that and there was no evidence that uh cameron todd willingham wanted to kill his girls or tried to kill his girls there's no motive there's
0: no like signs there was nothing it it sounds like his terrible neighbor changed her story after the fact saying that he didn't sound or didn't seem remorseful and he just was concerned about moving his car out of the way and he said later he just didn't want his car to blow up and hurt the kids even more. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting side piece. I don't know. About how so
1: depressing. Um, about how witnesses will change the way they view things and change their telling of the story yes. based on mm-hmm. information that's later. I mean, once the cops started saying, hey, we think that he might have had something to do with it, then they was like, oh, yeah, he totally seems suspicious.
4: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's, a, that's something be I always think about is, yeah, it's some, like – and and how fallible memory is mm-hmm. and how, you know, unreliable uh, witness uh, testimony can be. That's just so depressing and it makes me feel like there's no way to do this correctly.
1: <laughs> so- I know. In my younger days, and I guess I still feel this way, maybe it's a little bit controversial in, in liberal circles, is that I don't have a problem with choosing to have the death penalty. If we have decided that a person has done something so egregious that they have forfeited their right, whatever, I don't know. I'm not saying that I want to be an executioner or a Like a Ted Bundy situation. Yeah. That, that if we decide that this is so heinous that they have lost the right to whatever, I don't know. You know, I can, I'm not adamantly opposed to that. But the idea of putting one innocent person to death is uncomfortable to me. And right. I would rather yeah. not have the it's death penalty it. at all. And it well, seems yeah. like we yeah. have probably put hundreds, if not thousands oh. of oh, I'm people sure. to death who didn't deserve it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, this was a white man in Texas and he was put yes! to death under, right, you know, right. under false... Um... I mean,
1: there was definitely like a class issue to that too. Oh, he yes. was kind yeah. of like a dirtbaggy yeah. type. Yeah. yeah, they used
0: his like total redneck uh you know young man lifestyle against him yes mm-hmm. um yeah. even though like it sounded from his former parole officer that he was trying to turn his life around and he was being a good dad and he wasn't great to his wife it sounds like they got in physical fights sometimes but he didn't ever hurt his kids and his wife was out of the house at the time if, yeah. if anything he you know it wouldn't have surprised me if he had gotten convicted for killing his wife but he didn't kill his mm-hmm. wife he yeah. killed his girls yeah he so who ended up doing girls. it it was an accident. They think yeah. it was the space heater, yeah, which are notorious for setting right, house yeah. fires. And yeah, it sure. sounds like they had several in their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It totally
2: like makes sense the way that yep. it probably happened.
1: And yeah. it sounded like um, the older child, who was still very young, had had a habit of putting things on or in the space heater.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, kids are the
1: worst. Oh, well, yeah.
2: <laughs> and she was definitely
1: out of her room at the time of the fire. So,
5: right.
2: yeah. It's 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 really sad. And the thing that I hate kind of about the judicial process, it seems, is like it's this train that's going, going, going and seemingly like can't be stopped. And in this case, it's like all these people are trying to get in front of the train and be like, don't kill him. Like this is this is wrong. And it's like Rick Perry's like, I can't do anything about it. You know, like (laughs) he's going to die. Like (laughs) you can you could stop it. And every all these people are so, you know, Wanting to be these law and order um, government, well, they officials. can't be seen as
0: being soft on crime, so yeah. they just kill
2: people. Yeah, and it's like you—you you have blood on your hands. Like you yeah. killed an innocent person just because you thought that you didn't want people to see you as as soft as weak on crime or whatever. Yeah, yep. And then you get the people
1: who are the legal sticklers who are like, "Well, we already went through that part of the appeals process. You can't
2: add any new evidence now." And you're like, "Yeah, but ten years I didn't know about it." Yes. Right. Yes. And we've disproven all of the science that is behind it.
0: It's mm-hmm. so infuriating.
1: One of those things that um, we as cushioned, privileged, upper class, upper middle class white people have not had to think about, about how the reality of the justice system and the legal system is different for us.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. I mean,
1: I think I read somewhere once that it's less about race in the judicial system and more about class. Because if you have money... You have a chance. You,
2: yeah. And if you don't,
1: you don't have a chance.
2: And those are, you know, a lot of times linked to each other because, you know, right. this country. Exactly. You know, uh, people who are poor tend to be people of color, it seems. Um, but yeah, no, totally. I think if you can afford the representation, like good representation, then, you know, you mm-hmm. can find a way at least to like, you know, maybe you won't, maybe you'll get convicted, but at least you can get parole or whatever, you know, something like that. Something right. a little
1: less. If you can afford to hire your own expert and you don't have to rely on this pro bono work from the eccentric genius who invented Mylar balloons and that's (laughs) why he doesn't have to work.
2: Man, what an invention. I know. That was a good detail in that, I thought. (laughs)
5: So
2: yeah, I think CSI is finally off the air. I don't think there are any iterations of it. I don't think. Really? Well, NCIS is still on, um, <laughs> but I think CSI, yeah, because there was like regular CSI, then CSI Miami, CSI mm-hmm. New
1: York. Oh, there's a
0: million. Is the, is CSI cyber? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Gosh. oh, yeah. I think they're all off. I think. I think. Gregory does NCIS watches, like remote watches with his dad or his sister sometimes because <laughs> <laughs> yes, they like it and he's like. I gotta go to watch this. <laughs> yes. That's really cute. And I will catch it on like over his shoulder sometimes or I'll be sitting there and it's it's so easy to make fun of and it's so silly but I can see how like you know senior citizens are sitting at home yeah, and nope. watching this stuff yeah. and being like oh yeah they catch the bad guys just by running hmm. their face through a computer and then it goes ding nope. and then they found the guy. It's a cozy mystery. It by yeah, totally. Any other name. It, it wraps totally it up. Is. It
1: restores the world to order. Um, The CSI Cyber Wikipedia page says it was canceled (laughs) on May 12th, 2016. CBS canceled the series after two seasons to conclude the CSI
3: franchise.
2: (laughs) Wrapped it up with it. Let's just
3: all agree that we don't need any more TV shows that put cops as heroes. No. I'm done with that. That's true. Let's Let's take a break break from that. Funny Buddy. Yeah, Yeah. we just need that to be done.
2: Let's have some realistic cop shows. Not cops, the show, but (laughs) some like... Actually, speaking of which, this is a tangent, but this is when you know that there are like two Americas or I guess several where like something will be so popular and I will have literally never heard of it. And I think of myself as somebody who's like, you know, while I might not watch something, I I have like an awareness of it. But, you know, with all the cop stuff going on, I, I had only vaguely heard of live PD like I had sort of heard of it it is like the most popular show in America and I was like yeah. what it is it's like the new cops, sort of mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever oh, it's heard of it way gross there's yeah.
3: a podcast about it um how they would frame people I'll get the name of it Jeremy listen to it but my family in Spokane that's what they would watch would go to my grandma's house and that that was on all the time and they'd be like oh look It's happening here because Spokane was one of the places where they were Mm -hmm. allowed to film and allowed to like get away with some of the shady things that they were doing. And so it was constantly on at her house. I don't know if it made her feel better or what, but it was always on and it's disgusting.
2: Yeah, it's really gross. It's really gross.
3: Oh, goodness.
1: (laughs) Well, let's move on to a happier topic.
3: Okay. Tell us why you hate everything. My new um, topic or my segment, I guess, is called Christy Hates Everything. TM. Because I do. TM. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then asterisk, not everything, but just most things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it was really hard. I had about five things that I was going to talk about today, but I narrowed it down to just one because we don't have all day. Um, But this will come back. Don't worry. I have a long list. Um, so, um, mostly today, and it's a big topic, is, um, Christy hates racism, um, because, you know, we all should hate it, and it's yeah. on the... I mean, you're out on a limb
5: here, Christy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I really
3: know surprised by unpopular. this hot <laughs> Unpopular. Or, as people say, like, I hate racism. Fight me. Or whatever the thing is. Like- oh, yeah. Change
0: my mind. It's Change bad. Change my mind. Right.
3: <laughs> um, so, bo- basically, Brave. what I'm... What I hate is white fragility specifically. And because I've, what I've noticed um, being on Facebook and uh, I think I've narrowed down to almost all white liberal people on my Facebook is that they go out on these limbs or they're like, I'm against this. But then if they're ever challenged, then they shut down completely. Mm -hmm. And um, that's basically what we need to stop. And I know That there's been a couple times on even on this show that people have said things that made me feel uncomfortable and instead of speaking out because I knew that that would either cause an issue or I would get silenced or um, it would make it not be like a fun funny show I have just chosen to not speak out and so I'm um, saying today that I'm going to speak out on those things now and Maybe that will get me kicked off the show or maybe it will make it (laughs) out. You're out. (laughs) Um, But I just, I just can't let those things go. And, and I was re I read a bunch of books, like actual paper books, like Meredith said. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I read four books. I took off um, 10 days of work and just read a whole bunch of books. Um, And one of the, um, the theories that I learned was about like, um, white solidarity so us not saying something when somebody speaks out and says something super racist it um allows white privilege to continue to happen because we aren't saying things and mm-hmm, we're yeah. like um keeping this white social capital like if you're at a business meeting or whatever uh, out to lunch and people start saying racist stuff and you don't say anything you're not adding to it you're not laughing but by not saying it you're protecting that yeah, so, yeah yeah totally
0: yeah you're right it's hard and i'm a non-confrontational person confrontation makes me really Mm -hmm. uncomfortable so it's very very hard for me to do this also i don't ever talk to anybody else but you guys so (laughs) i don't have too many opportunities (laughs) to do this but it's important for white people to to you can do it in in even a funny way like the the one thing that i have done before is if there are somebody's making a racist or a sexist joke i'll be like why is that funny <laughs> yeah like well you mm-hmm. explain it to me and you do it in this yep. deadpan way where they have to sit there and think about the prejudices that they're joking about mm-hmm. and explain yeah. well that's funny because blah 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 blah. and if you say it that way it it sounds as horrible as it is right, right? yeah yeah and it Being... kind of forces them to to like feel shame about it
2: i had an
1: experience uh a couple of weeks ago and this is not to like toot my own horn because god knows i am not a perf- I know it's hard to believe, guys, but I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> I don't believe it. Pretty con- um, <laughs> like you, Meredith. I'm pretty non-confrontational when the person isn't Mike. So um, <laughs> I have definitely been guilty <laughs> about not speaking up about things. But you know, we still have for my work this uh, Monday morning get together, which used to be you know punctuated by my baked goods, and now we just get on a Zoom call and everybody has coffee and we talk for twenty minutes to half an hour just to you know keep up that community spirit and i would say a couple of weeks maybe two weeks after the george floyd was killed here and still there were protests going on and we got on on the monday morning and people started talking about the looting and the destruction and they were like oh yeah there was this gas station over by me that was all smashed in and this and that and the other thing and i was sitting there listening to it and i was just feeling more and more and more uncomfortable listening to it and finally I said like so tentatively I was like guys I just want to point out that we're a group of white people sitting here Mm -hmm. talking about the destruction and not about the marginalization and victimization of black people over the years and And I think for you that the looting is terrible but it's the destruction is awful but it's not the important thing that we should be talking mm, about right yeah. now, and what yeah. happened okay. because my coworkers are all very nice, lovely people, was that we ended up having an hour-long conversation about systemic racism. That's and awesome. it was great, mm, yeah. I, and, and yeah, it was spirited. And we eventually, like, people started dropping off the Zoom call one by one. <laughs> I think part because they probably had to go do other things, in part because they were getting uncomfortable. Having to talk about this stuff. But there, I think, were five of us who went through with the whole conversation and, you know, exchanged some points and we didn't all agree. But it was very respectful. And it was it was a good thing because we were all willing to not be defensive about it, which is where we get in trouble as white people. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. For sure. People feel like they're getting attacked personally as being a person. Well, because
1: we've considered this thing where... If you are a racist, you are bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's like the worst word that you can call someone, right? Yeah. It,
1: it's, um, I don't think it's necessarily that you are a racist, although some people are. It's that you do racist things. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes in you, it. yeah, it makes you a product of your environment. And so I, I wish that we could get away from that language where you are a racist, ergo you're a bad person because Mm -hmm. then that does make us defensive and shut down
3: right and it doesn't um give space to make mistakes like we're gonna make everyone's gonna make mistakes yeah and don't like have that be the end like people don't like to you know have their pride hurt or whatever but yeah you it doesn't allow for mistakes and it doesn't allow for growth either because yes, people just, people go just shut down
2: they yep. drop off the zoom call <laughs> 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 well, a, a thing that i've been trying to do as i get older which doesn't always work is when i'm feeling upset about something or i want to argue with something and i think somebody's being stupid or whatever um i just like scream and that's super effective and people like really respond mm-hmm. to it ask Dave, mm-hmm. um but um i i'm trying to do the thing that. Meredith, you said where you ask questions more. I mean, this is like, this is like one Oh one arguing, but like, I don't do that because I'm like, I get too, like my adrenaline is rushing too much. And you already have your mm. mind made up. You already know that you're mad and it's hard. Yeah, But asking questions is putting it on the other person to answer them Mm -hmm. as opposed to me just screaming like you're a fucking racist or whatever (laughs) at somebody.
3: Well, Uh, also, um, in the book. So you want to talk about race from Ejo Oh God, I always mess up her name. Oh, Aluo. Um, she said, "If you're starting to feel defensive, you need to figure out why. Yep, Mm -hmm. and think about that, and come from that place. Like you,
0: because there's a reason why we feel defensive, right? Yeah, that's a very good book, by the way. If anybody hasn't read it, please go read it. The other thing I keep thinking about, though, is that I don't know if changing individual racist minds or people who are doing or saying racist things. I don't know if that's the most of, I don't know how much that's going to do because it's not your racist uncle that, that needs, right. I mean, he does need to change, but he's not setting policy. He's not, you know, he's not the one. (laughs) Unless you're Mary Trump, then your racist (laughs) uncle is policy. (laughs) And she's doing what she can. I appreciate that. What
3: I think is the people that need to change are the people that were on ann's call that consider themselves white liberal people yeah. that would never say or in their mind say or do anything racist but then they were upset about a building
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: like instead of
0: a li- like more than a life yeah right and way. so
3: hopefully during that yeah. conversation Ann did change some minds or like have them think about it and why they're yeah. defensive and
0: why they're upset yeah, we all need to do our own introspection. That's very, mm-hmm. very true. Yeah. The
1: Klansmen are a lost cause. Right. 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 We're not, we're wasting our time with them. And the well-meaning white people, You we, yeah, we just need to talk with them and say, why do you feel that way?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being wrong and then learning and changing. We're all doing that all the time. Um, and, and maybe there's more room for that with people who consider themselves woke or whatever. This is so dumb and it's
2: really embarrassing for me to admit, but, um, <laughs> so, you know, they've been talking about how like everybody is like the help is like the number one movie on Netflix yeah. because white people are stupid and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, watch this yeah, one about this how is- like we had solved racism <laughs> like a long time ago. Um, and isn't like Emma is so great in her stupid curly wig that, like, that and she's really teeth. helping out. Does she always really, have
5: weird teeth? I don't, teeth know. I don't it's, know.
2: I don't understand. What, anyway, no. <laughs> for some reason, I was like, well, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm going to watch it. And I remember not loving it. I like, I like the book because it's like a, you know, kind of an exciting book, though many, many problems, but many, many problems. But I was like, I'll watch the movie again. So I watched it. And I remember reading the book. So I read the book, I don't know, in 2014 or 2014. No, before 2011 or something. And I remember in the book and in the movie thinking, well, you know, like, yes, the women are really bad in this and they're, they're, you know, a horrible racist, but also like they're women and they don't have as much power. So like, really, we need to be looking at the men also. But then I'm just like, oh no, like I'm just not accepting my role as a white person of having power. Yes, of course, women didn't have as much power as men, but white women had a lot of power. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of power in the domestic world. And I'm like, I can't believe I ever thought that. Like, I'm embarrassed that I was like, but it's not the women's fault. It's the men's fault. And I'm like, no, we're all complicit in this. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is all, all of us. And it's not a good movie at all. Like, it's really bad. Like, Bryce Dallas Howard is like, not a good actress in this movie. Don't watch it. But anyway, I was like, I mean, what they did to pie. But I was just thinking like, yeah, in the last, you know, yeah, seven to five years or something, how, how much, I've changed a lot and evolved in my thinking hopefully well and
0: hopefully hopefully that's a national yeah
5: mm-hmm.
0: change and I maybe it I think these protests have been amazing, and I have a lot of hope that that things will change, although it's not the things that are actively changing right now, like syrup and <laughs> Uh, changing the word for master bedroom and things like like okay that's fine but that's not gonna <laughs> Make that's not team. gonna solve this you guys <laughs> yeah and those things should have been done so long yes, ago they should have never happened yeah. yeah um the story of 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 aunt jemima is amazing oh. by the way yeah um if you don't know anything about that she was uh originally what like a a drag a vaudeville drag act it was uh, a dude of in course. drag yeah very weird but um, that's not going to solve uh, police brutality. Nope. No. <laughs> but
3: all these cities that are starting to actually defund the police. It's so mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. Like, it's actually starting to happen. And that's.
2: Well, and it's something I was talking about with my sister and I was like, nobody's saying like there's going to be no law and order and people are just like, and it's just as like, let's. Think about policing and mm-hmm. like why why we're using it the way that we're using it because it doesn't yeah. make any sense.
0: I think defund is maybe not the best word. I'm not yeah. thrilled about that yeah. terminology because because it, it sets it, people like my parents off. Like what? Yes. There's going to be no police. Like no, that's not be the point. The point yeah. is reinvest. <laughs> in nope, other it's going to be the purge. know. <laughs> 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 but
3: also like anytime someone says that like oh no police and defund them, if you just say. When was the last time you called the police and they were actually helpful? Mm
5: -hmm. Because I bet
3: that most people say never.
0: I've called 911 to Detroit and the phone just rings and rings. Right. (laughs) That's fun. Or like they come, like
3: we had to call the police because we um, got into a car accident. Well, we didn't have to, but we got into a car accident and the people were trying to say it was our fault and the whole thing. And the guy came out and it was like, deputy idiot. He came out and he (laughs) completely botched the he said oh yeah she's at fault no no one's getting a ticket go on your way and then he completely messed up the police report which is the only reason we called him so the insurance would like because that right. needs to be revamped too but um, and he said that Jeremy was at fault and that the accident was like five miles away from where it actually was because he had mixed two different accidents together um, so then that actually made it worse in the so yeah i mean just things like that need to change like maybe there's an accident task force that comes out and does things like that yeah because they just make everything they make everything worse yeah cops should be dealing with crime dave dave
2: always gets annoyed and dave is like a cop i mean i'm not saying that he's like blue lives matter or anything but he's always he like wanted to be a cop like this was the thing and i actually think he would have been really good but um he always says he gets really mad this is Innocuous. This does not really affect anything. It does not affect like structural racism, but he gets really annoyed when cops are arbitrarily like directing traffic. He's like, they always make it worse. <laughs> <It's never better." laughs> it always backs up traffic and they all just want to do it to get paid over time. You know, they're getting paid like the sweet wage. I actually, my new rage about cops is uh, the police unions and like the boosters, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're almost doing more, like they're protecting them so much that it is, Making it worse, yeah. like they get so butt hurt over things, like any slight, and it's like, oh, you know, we got to circle up and and protect, you know, whoever shot somebody because they were trying to protect their whatever. It just is. It's so messed up the way that it works.
1: If I was a cop, I would be so mad at people who are shitty cops who are like yes, dragging not, me down. Yeah, yeah.
2: But
3: they're, you know, they're complacent. They let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I mean, our school district and I know I think the Seattle school district is also voting for it, but um, to take out police out of high schools, which I didn't even know was a thing because that wasn't a thing when I went to school. There weren't Mm -hmm. armed police officers
0: in my schools. And right. I, know- I, th-
1: I feel like we had a police liaison officer
0: yeah. one. What they call them like student resource officers or something, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy because that sounds guns. like a social worker and that's not what right. they're doing. And they <laughs> talk about things, dare.
3: Yeah. They, they're they making sure you don't skip schools.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
3: and uh, I think that I was, I've been reading a bunch on it that the first push was after Columbine and then yeah. after that it was 9-11. They just started mm-hmm. putting these police officers into schools. And what, what um, school shooting, and there's been so many, so I don't remember, where the, the cop on duty actually hid? Do you remember that one? Uh, <laughs> that he ran out the with the kids and hid? Yeah, <laughs> Like, oh, no one, good. no armed police officer at a school has taken down anyone. Like, <laughs> if that's no, the we, reason that they're no, there. They aren't helpful. No, they are just arresting kids. Mm-hmm. for the Some gotta teach those little punks yeah, for the school to prison pipeline <laughs> gotta keep it going <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well Christy uh, we
1: doubled the things that you hate in the yeah, segment you said you were going to do racism but we
3: it. police too yeah. I
1: know yeah, well
0: it's all tied kind of, right yeah <laughs> they're pretty intrinsically yeah. linked <laughs>
3: <laughs> problems. <laughs> um, but I can put a link to all the, the books yeah. yes I recommend for too? sure Good. Meredith for have sure. you besides the so you want to talk about race have you read any of the other ones That people are,
0: um, no, I just good. finished. So, you want to talk about race? Oh, okay, so and then the one that I'm reading, um, the actual paper, physical, weird mm. book that, the thing that I did yesterday was a night veil. Oh, <laughs> I needed a it. break, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I
2: need to, my brain needs to, yeah, else. No, for sure. Oh, uh, well, speaking of breaks, <laughs> I know I was like, speaking of books that you need read, a Hillary, get us all riled up. I know, all right, guys, we've talked about you know, fraudulent, um, crime scene specifications we've talked about racism defunding the police now we're gonna take a whole journey to hillary's horny corner um <laughs> yes. we thought you know I, I do think about other things but i also think about these books sometimes and really enjoy them this is my escape um you know, sometimes lot- you're
1: thinking about hamilton
2: <laughs> sometimes i'm thinking about <laughs> hamilton i have not delved into like the um you know, fanfic of him. I'm sure it exists. Please do not tell me anything about it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know at all. But um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy a horny corner as Anne has termed it. And I just thought I'd come with some recommendations that things that I either liked or kind of didn't like. Okay. So I keep trying to um, delete my audible account because it's kind of expensive. And I do like having access to it because, Okay. I love the Libby app. That's the mm-hmm. thing that I use the most. It's fantastic, except so you have to wait. Like, oh almost my God, so like I've 12 nev- weeks for books. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've never, yeah. honestly, unless it's like, Something that came out a thousand years ago is not popular. Nobody has heard of it. That's mm-hmm. like the only time you can get it right then. But mostly, it's minimum two weeks of waiting. Sometimes you just want a horny corner right then. Anyway, so I've been trying to delete my Audible, and I finally did. But then there was this book I wanted to read, so I joined Audible Escape, which is like the romantic <laughs> arms <laughs> after dark, <laughs> and it's only seven dollars a month. So I was like, okay, well I'll deal with this for a little bit. So. I got this book that was, I had, somebody had recommended it and it's called Slightly Dangerous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the sixth in a series. So maybe I should have started like, you know, with the first, cause I'm a completist. I usually like to read it in order, but whatever. I just jumped to this one. I gotta say, Slightly Dangerous is Slightly Disappointing. I have not, Aww. I am not done with it. And I know that if I like, d- I'm not hopped up and like, Oh yes, I get to, I'm awake. Like I'm going to go listen to it. If I'm not thinking that, then it's not good. So this one, it's, again, it's really one of those, like, you know, English ladies, you know, she's a little wilder than mm-hmm. he needs. He's a duke. He needs somebody, you know, that follows the rule of, you know, rural England or whatever. And she's, she has curly hair and freckles. So it makes her, what? you know, <laughs> mm, uh-oh. but somehow wrong side of the track to her <laughs> trouble. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, okay, this is like the thing about the books that I, these kind of books, what I want is, and I've said this before, like I want it to like kind of get into it pretty quickly. Now I need to have some lead up, but this one, again similar to the one that I previously read, like they kind of did it very early and I'm like, all right, like, here we go. And then it was just like a desert for 300 pages. I'm like, what oh. the fuck? like they're flirting with each other, but you know, something went awry before. So they're both skittish about it. I'm like, I have an hour left of this one and they haven't done it again. And so I'm a little bit frustrated. Oh. This sex scene must be, hopefully will be really good because <laughs> I am awaiting, but, um, but can you get your like,
3: money back for that?
2: I I might and I have definitely done that with uh, audible books before where I'm like absolutely not this was not mm-hmm. um, this was not anything that I super enjoyed and this lady I need to like look for this narrator because I don't like her voice and I don't mean that in a like you know she has what is that called um, vocal fry <laughs> vocal fry she doesn't have vocal fry she's like, but she sounds like I don't know like an old English lady reading this like it sounds like somebody who's in their sixties reading it and I'm like I can't like it's not sexy there ha- no there has to be a tone to the to the voice a little bit that I you know mm-hmm. when they're describing like having an orgasm I need to believe it like I can't like think of like um you know uh makes you think of England a little too much yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um uh, yeah I can't think of like Lady Grantham or whatever like I need to be thinking of yeah, I don't know Somebody a little sexier. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I did not like Slightly Dangerous that much. I do not I do not recommend it. It's not bad. It's it's well-written enough. I just, I have not enjoyed either of the characters. Now, for some things that I have enjoyed recently that I'm just going to bare my soul and things that I like are completely embarrassing that I've listened to. But I, if you're like looking for it, I will give it to you. Um, okay, so I was... I'm still on this quest, but I'm really trying to get out of just, you know, the Regency era of listening to these books that are like very white and very upper class kind of things. Like that's fun. And I love it. It's, you know, very Jane Austen with sex. Like I enjoy that, but I, I want to have experiences where I see, you know, people of color having like a full life. It's not just like, you know, slavery narratives. It's like them having like a sexual life Mm -hmm. and, or just something different than me, you know, like, or, you know, something different than it's like the idealized version. Like maybe the heroine um, is heavyset or something like that, you know, just something that it's not like they have this perfect body and mm-hmm. you know, everything is perfect and everything is like rock hard. I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah, <it is>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get outside of it a little bit. So anyway, here are some ones that I really liked, uh, recently. Okay. Jasmine Guillory, who, um, Christy and I discussed her a little bit. She's, um, she releases a lot of books like she's released shoot like six books in the last two years or something and I would say that her books tend to be not like I mean there's always like a really good sex scene in it but it's not it's more romantic comedy Mm -hmm. than it is like horny corner but I enjoy her stuff a lot and actually I just got a notification that I got her newest book Royal Holiday waiting for me on the Libby app and so I'm very excited about that but her books are good the the proposal, the wedding date, and they're all somewhat linked. Like there's one character that we, you don't really have to read like them in order, but you get a fuller picture of it. I definitely like some more than others, but um but the wedding date was really good. It was good, yeah. Um anyway, I like them, and it you know, they she tends to focus on. I mean, she's black, not that that makes a difference, but she is black and she And the main tends character fo- is, right? Yeah, usually yeah. the main characters are either black or they're like just you know Hispanic or Latinx or whatever and and again like she describes people that have that are ambitious and you know but you know maybe they're chubbier or whatever like they just have different life experiences now I will say they're almost are always like wealthy but you know me like I am a brat and I I like it when people are wealthy it makes me like feel comfortable (laughs) <laughs> poor I people like- having
4: sex. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I don't
2: want to think about money problems. Ugh. Yeah. I have true. money problems. I don't want to think about
4: right. money problems. Well, it's <laughs> <an> me. <escapism.
0: laughs>
2: yes. At some point I need it. Um, so hers are really, really good. I enjoy them. Um, also Alicia Rye, I think I'm pronouncing, it, I believe she's an Indian American um, writer and she has written some. Okay. I will say the books. I've re- read three of her books. I, Don't love the storylines are very serious, but the sex is really good. And like really good in them. Like they're like (laughs) where it's the kind like where I'm like, blushing while I'm listening to it or like
5: nobody can <laughs> where's my this. fan <laughs> I know I'm like
2: oh I need to be alone right now um okay so and I, I actually read these out of order which was confusing uh, when I read them but it, again it's totally fine so the first one is hate to want you and then it's wrong to need you hurts to love you I mean they're so bad <laughs> I will say about all these I guess this is what they need to do to sell them to this market because while yes the sex scenes are like very hot and steamy and pornographic. Um, they're well written like i think that the stories are well written so it's not just like trash that's selling for a dollar on amazon like they well that's
0: mm-hmm. how like serialized mystery novels tend yes. to be yes. la- titled too i mean yes. it's not just romance novels that do that
2: yeah no for sure absolutely so it's like they know the market they're selling to um that's why i like to read them or listen to them on my phone so Nobody's like seeing me mm-hmm. <laughs> read, you know, wrong to need you. That might be embarrassing. Okay, for the most embarrassing one, this is also, um, I, she's a black woman and I think she's a very good writer. The sex scenes were very hot. This is the most embarrassing title I have in my collection. It's called.
4: <laughs> I almost can't read it.
2: <laughs> I gotta know. <laughs> Do it. It's called Rafe a buff male nanny <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing uh. it's so but it was good i when i downloaded that i was like i want to die right now like i'm going to um crumple up and die but it was really good and rafe was a really nice guy and he just loved her and the, the protagonist is black and i don't know i not that that... Anyway, I'm trying to expand my horizons. That was a really good one, though. And Rebecca Weatherspoon is a good writer. Um, anyway. <laughs> um that's basically it. I just, it's definitely escapism for me. I do like read and I know, you know, I like good books. Like I like literature, good books, but these are just fun and they take no time. That's the thing. It's like listening to a podcast, you know, it's just one day basically if I'm working and I can just like toot along, listen Hillary, to the you don't stories. have to
0: defend yourself. You always do
2: this. Like <laughs> I,
0: know. I I know, I know how to read other things. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> like it's okay. It's okay. I,
2: um. Yeah. So that's my, the,
3: um, Kind of PG thirteen book that both um, Hillary and I just listened to that we really liked was American Royals. Oh my god, not yes, not really sex. It's like oh, and then they're going to have sex. Okay, now it's done. Like yes. they don't really describe, but yes. it's such yeah. a good book.
2: It was so good. I want to like live in that world. <laughs> so good. And the new one comes out what like in August? The second something. One? I was so oh, mad so that I when it finished because
3: yeah. it leaves on a cliffhanger. Oh, it's so
2: good. Yeah. I know. Highly Well, and then in, in, in that vein... Um, okay, so this one came out... Oh, again, it's sort of like a PG-13 kind of deal. But um, The Royal We came out years ago. And it's by the, the Fug Girls, which is a dumb name. Mm-hmm. It, they go Fug Yourself, which is a funny website. But um, they, it's basically... Well, actually, it's weird because it kind of started off as like a William and Kate fanfic Mm -hmm. in like the best way. But it's so good. But now it's sort of transitioned into almost being like Meghan Markle because the the princess is American. Um, And they met at college. Anyway, it's really good. And they just came out with the second one. I think it comes out like in a week and it's called The Air Affair. And I'm already like on the list to get it. So wait, this. this isn't real. The what? author's name is Heather Cox. I know. Mm. I know. Like, <laughs> spelled I always... not C-O-X either. No, no, no. No, <laughs> I know. I can be real. I know. It is. And <laughs> I actually, like I've seen, she's like, they're great. I've seen them speak before. They're awesome. But yeah, it's, I feel bad. That's a tough, that's a tough, tough name. But, um. but that, the Royal We is really good. Hey, she and could it, have made a fake name. She could have. And I think she got married, but didn't change her name. And I'm like, good for mm. you. Like, you know, fucking stick with it.
0: Hillary, have it. you read the Outlander no book series? And, no, and I want to.
2: I, okay, so this is the thing. I am really, really not a, a genre. When I say genre, I mean like Game of Thronesian kind of mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. But from all accounts, first of all, I like time travel, so um, I, I feel like I would really like it. It's not. Games I'm watching Throne-y.
0: the show, and the show is very steamy, and I was like, yep. the, apparently, the books are steamier yes. and more
1: detailed. I have detailed. read the first few books, mm-hmm. the first three into the four, eventually I felt like, um... Like, she really could have used more editing. Like, there was a whole book where they were just riding around telling people that the Revolutionary War was coming, and it was just talking Mm -hmm. and talking and talking and talking. That's what I've heard, is that it gets very lengthy. Yeah, it gets bad. But the original book, Outlander, there's a sex scene in there that, (laughs) (laughs) like you said, I was like, (laughs) Okay. okay, I have a memory of, like, turning the page and being like,
0: Oh, OK,
5: yeah, <laughs> You need a minute well, and here. The guy,
0: the guy who who plays him is
4: stunning. Oh, yes. my God.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. So the visuals are nice just if you want to watch the show instead. But I, I've watched the show. I'm on my second run through right now because I. it's kind of what I do when Gregory's out of town for work. <laughs> He's gone for 10 days. So I'm like, I get to watch all of Outlander again. Of course. You're like, here we go. Well, maybe I should read
1: the it's, books. It's genre, but it's not It's really a mishmash of romance, historical Mm fiction, and just a little twist to get the premise set, the little time travel through the druidic stones. Mm -hmm. But once you accomplish that, then it's firmly grounded in non-supernatural elements. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right.
3: I loved the book so much that I won't even watch Outlander because I, I don't even know who they cast for Jamie, but I think they probably did it wrong because no. my imagination is. Still... They didn't. Christy. Okay, okay, oh, oh, I'll watch then. Something else.
0: <laughs> the first three seasons are on Netflix. The I think Ooh. the the second three are on Stars because it's a Stars yeah, show. It's a Stars show. So if yeah. you need, well, I use my sister's login, but I'm sure she will make you a profile.
2: True capitalism. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm about to dive into this book, which I don't think it's not a romance novel, but it's called Barcelona Days. And it's about these. I just heard about it. I don't really know anything. It's about a couple who like want to get married, but then they decide like they've been together for a long time and then they decide that before they get engaged, they can each sleep with three different people. And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> um, mm, Dave, don't idea. worry. But, um, <laughs> but um, anyway, I thought, I don't know, I'll 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 circle back and tell you all how that one is. Because I'm right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if if y'all, if anybody has recommendations, please, I want to hear about them. All right. Uh, This show's getting very long to just be
1: doing the question of the week now, so (laughs) maybe we'll try not to drag this out. But it's too good a question. It is. It's really good. And really, I I think that we as women excel at holding (laughs) petty grievances. Although, I don't know, guys can hang on to shit for a long time, too. But uh, the question of the week is, what is your petty grievance? And this is stuff that's just so stupid, and it's not worth your energy, but you still can't let it go. I will start. Mine has to do with dishwashing chores. And you're like, well, Anne, (laughs) you live alone. How could this be an issue that you have? Because it's from when I was a child.
0: People, this is how Patty and how long I've I've held on to this. this. Oh, Mm -hmm.
1: no, never. So I I may have talked briefly before about um, my mom had me start doing the dishes when I was seven. One day, she just brought me into the kitchen after dinner and said, here, I'm going to show you how to do the dishes. And I was like, oh, okay, this is great. And then the next day, she said, now from your it's your job from now on to do the dishes. Oh, no. And I was like. No, it's not. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Hold up. I just, I was like, no, does not compute. I was like, no, I'm seven. It can't be my job to do the dishes. And I wasn't like upset or having a tantrum. I was just like, this, this, you have made a mistake somewhere. <laughs> this cannot be a thing. And she was like, well, you can either do the dishes or you can go up to your room. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to my room then because clearly I am not someone who should be doing the dishes. Well, I lost that battle in the end, Damn it! and I did the dishes from when I was seven until when I was 18 and left for college, and the first five of those years, we didn't have a dishwasher, so Uh I did all the dishes by hand every night, and my mother decided I was doing them too slowly, so she set a 45-minute time limit that I had to be finished doing the dishes, and then she would come in and inspect them, and if I didn't get them clean, I had to do them over again, so... That was my dishwashing experience, but here's my petty grievance. When I left for college, that was when Carl had to start doing the dishes. He was 13. He didn't have to do the dishes until he was 13, and he only had to do them for five years. And then when he left for college, Matt had to do the dishes, and he was 13, and he only had to do them for five years, and by that time, there were only three people left at home (laughs) anyway, so he was doing 40% less work. So I did the dishes for 11 years, which is more than the combined time (laughs) that my brothers did it. That is not fair. It it is so
2: unfair. It's it's bullshit.
0: It's you know what bullshit. we did, and I think it was a pretty good system, although I hated it at the time because I didn't want to do any chores, is that we, there were three kids and we were all, my brother's five years older than me. My sister's two years younger. So we weren't that far apart in age, I guess. But, um, so we would have assigned days and it would be, you know, every third day was your day unquote quote unquote. And if it was your day, you had certain privileges and certain responsibilities and your responsibilities were you had to set the table, your... Uh, privilege was that you got the front seat of the car nice so okay. it was actually kind of nice and then on your on your off day you had to clear the table in, including the dishes and wiping down the counters oh. and the and the and the table I think there was some other stuff involved but that actually worked out really really well it because yeah. it felt fair and it's equal right yeah. yeah what if you didn't go anywhere in the car on your well, day then you missed it then you missed it but that just oh, happened okay. all the time mm. so but we are always going you know could go to school or whatever. I feel
3: like, especially with people our age, that my friends that had brothers, the brothers never had to do anything. If they were right? older or younger, never had to do anything. And, mm. and it was like boomer parents trying to prep their daughters to
0: be homemakers. And it's just disgusting. My brother definitely had to, although he was a petulant teen and just a lot of times would disappear. (laughs) (laughs) But to just reappear in the front seat whenever. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. But but they didn't make us pick up the slack for that. Like my mom or my stepdad would then do whatever the thing was that he was supposed to do.
1: Well, ours wasn't even gendered because I mowed the lawn a lot. Mm -hmm. I know some people would have gendered splits on what kind of chores the kids had to do. Oh, yeah, I had to mow the lawn, too. Ugh, that was, that was, was awesome. fun,
2: but I didn't have to do any of that.
5: We didn't of have a course. lawn. Hat. That's nice. We were
1: too poor. Hillary, for a lawn. your father <laughs> carried you to the breakfast, <laughs> table. right? Yeah, you we know didn't know even to have to do chores. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs> well, then, what is your petty grievance? Me? Okay, I keep like vacillating back and forth, but really, like the thing. Okay, I believe I've told this story briefly on um, like LRB years ago. But, um, when I took the driver's ed test, like when I took the license test, um, I got into an accident. It's like the only (laughs) knock on wood real accident that I've gotten into in a car. Um, when, while I was driving, okay, let me set the scene. I had already passed the test. Not well, but like I had passed it and you know, I think I got like an 82 or something, whatever. It was one of those times, you know, when you're like 16 or 15, I guess I was when I took the test. Um, Like I was driving, but because somebody was telling me what to do. But I didn't really have the instincts of a driver. Like I'm just sort of doing it academically a little bit. So I pass whatever the driver's ed instructor, Luis, who I like still he's like burned in my brain. He was a nice man, (laughs) but he is sitting in the passenger side and he's like, "Okay, you pass. Like, do you let's drive back to the um, driver's ed location because my dad was waiting to pick me up. Like, okay, so he's like, do you want to drive? And I said, okay, sure. There's trap, Meredith. I think I was trying to get on 635, which is crazy that mm. they were letting me, which is a really big highway in, yeah. in Los Angeles, or in Los Angeles, in Dallas. I don't know why he was like, yeah, go ahead and get on this huge highway. Anyway, so I'm driving back. I have to take a right onto the access road, but the it's backed up. So he was like, go. Just cut through the gas station um, hmm. and then take a right because it'll be easier. First of all, that's, that's illegal. Illegal? Why did he tell you? It's me illegal. That? So I did it and I start. I cut through the gas station and I couldn't really see because the traffic was really bad. He was like, "I'll just look. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you <gasps> when to go." So I'm like, "Okay, again," because I'm 15 years old. I'm just like following the, you know, of course, state licensed instructor. And he goes, "Okay, go ahead and go." And I start to go. And, uh, he was like, stop, stop, stop. And at this point, this is where like, I probably was at fault or I was at fault is that I think I probably just hit the gas instead of like hitting Mm -hmm. the brake Mm -hmm. and And people are yelling at you, right? Yeah. I'm like, ah, and the, and I just get like, it, it was not a bad accident, but we get hit by a car. Um, and then the cops have to come and, I remember thinking, well, at least I passed my test. And I think I said it out loud. I said, at least I passed my test already. He said, oh, no, I'm sorry. I have to tell you now. And I'm still no. mad about it. I'm still mad because I'm like, this was your fault. You told me to do all of these things. Now, did I break fast enough? No. But I'm still mad at Luis, the driver's ed instructor. And, like, it took me – I mean, I ended up passing – obviously, I ended up passing the test, though so. – Bobby and Will might disagree with my driving, but um, <laughs> cause I did almost run a red light this past week. Um, but I am still mad. And I was like, it made me like so scared to drive for a really long time. But anyway, I'm just pissed that, that I two. already passed it. And then and it's so funny to think about now because my dad was just waiting at the driver's ed location and we didn't have like a cell phone or anything. So he's like, where the like, they? Mm. you know, and again, cops take forever to come, especially to something like that. Like it's mm. just like a silly minor accident. Anyway, <sighs> I'm still pissed. Fucking Louise. Maybe too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Justified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meredith, what's your petty grievance?
0: Well, this is way pettier and dumber than you guys's, but the thing that it affects my life on a daily basis because I like to cook and I like to try new recipes. I almost never make the same thing over again. So I'm always looking at recipe sites and they're the worst. They're, they're the, the absolute worst. worst. They're the worst. We have to sift through, okay, if it's not just like endless amounts of ads and pop ups yeah. and garbage mm-hmm. space. Why are there so many pop ups on? It's almost as bad as local news websites. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why it's
5: so bad. It doesn't reach
1: the level of radio stations, but it's not that far. That's
0: the worst. So maybe it's number three on the list, but I still hate it and I have to deal with it all the time because I'm always looking for new recipes. But they type a, a novel, a terrible novel about <laughs> no their dumb cares. trip to Spain and why they like this recipe and how their husband will eat it or their kid did this the wheat. stupid thing. And it's just like <laughs> it you got to sift through. Yeah, so much garbage to get. Like, just give me the recipe. I did not come to your stupid mommy blog to read about <laughs> your kid's potty training journey. Yeah. I just want this chicken recipe, for Christ's sake. Right. Just, just give it to me. So it, it's pushed me to sites. You know, I just focus on, like, New York Times cooking now because they don't yeah. do all that garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bon Appetit, yeah. as much as, like, they need to change their whole thing. But they have good recipes still. Um, have you gone to All it,
3: Recipes? Have you looked at it? Yeah, any of that's those? kind of a that that's can be hit a
0: or miss yeah. cesspool yeah. of like three grains of salt in your potato salad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean. I um there's this chili recipe that I really like and yes, it's a hundred degrees and I'm still sometimes making chili. I don't know why. I, all my family likes it. It's like an easy like crock pot sort of meal. And it really is easy. I could probably do it without looking at the recipe, but I'm always like, wait, how much is that? Like, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And I have to scroll legitimately for five minutes. I'm Mm -hmm. like, let's go. And then I end up clicking on a fucking pop up. And I'm like, I don't need to see this. I don't just give me like, I want like a basic text. Just give me the text. Like I don't need steps really. I mean, like you can break it down, but I need the ingredients and just like basic steps. The directions. Yes.
0: Yeah, I look up recipes a lot for just really basic things because I want to know cooking times and temperatures. That's, those are usually the things that I'm looking at. I can yeah. improvise a lot of stuff, but those I don't want to take a chance when it comes to like cooking chicken. On you know, I don't want to undercook yeah. it or whatever. So I look up a lot of stupid recipes, like how to boil an egg. I do that all the time. Oh, yeah, Me too. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's always a, it's always kind of a a stupid, annoying nightmare, and it's just a, a low level annoyance. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the problem is that there are a few
1: really talented writers out there who started websites like this i'm thinking of smitten kitchen she's mm. great oh she's wonderful yeah. i mean her writing is yep. as much a pleasure to read as the recipes are to cook and then everybody else saw that as you said like all the mommy blogs were like well that's what we have to
0: do mhm yep. yep i use a website or a recipe aggregator called yumly which is pretty good and yeah. it will um, it will kind of um uh, isolate at least the ingredient list f- for you. But if you want the directions, you have to go to the original webpage. Mm-hmm. So.
3: I was going to say, it's I like have an app for you. Cozy mm-hmm. does recipe scraping. <gasps> really? In, in, mm-hmm. And you can also, it has a function where you can put everything in your grocery list too. The whole ingredients. list. Oh, I like that. However, these dumb bloggers have started doing their recipes in this weird way that um, won't allow aggregators and scrapers to, pull it fully so sometimes (sighs) you'll get half-assed recipe or it will say go to this site but right right it works better than 90 percent of the time
5: yeah
1: wow something's come out of this (laughs) but it is annoying and
3: like we're rebuilding the app completely and it um we're trying to do the recipe scraper again and we're like they change it every time and the ads pop up and yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's terrible so yeah this is a bane of my existence right now too
1: Mm-hmm. I think you've touched on a universal nerve, yes. Meredith. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, do you have an universal nerve, I think, from
5: well, so your hint
1: here?
3: I kept thinking of things, and then I was like, well, I need to look up the definition of petty, which is a little important or trivial, and I don't think any of my grievances are <laughs> <little important. laughs> I think they're all very important, but then when I saw dishwasher and driver's ed, I um, I want to talk about the spring break where I was grounded um, <laughs> because I let my boyfriend at the time and it's gross, but he was 21 and I was 16 drive my mom's car. And of course she saw him because anytime I did something wrong, I always got caught. Nah, I couldn't, you're I one couldn't, of
1: those. I could not have hung out
3: liked, with me. I was the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I, got I away needed with a with like the <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't lie to my family. They knew that they would just, like deadpan ask me and I would start crying and tell the truth. Like, so I could, I never <laughs> lied. I never like snuck out or did any of those things. Um, I was just a boring good kid. And so he drove my mom's car. I think it was a couple blocks to the dairy queen. She happened to see him. I got grounded for all of spring break. Cut to the next year. My sister sneaks out with her friend. They sleep in the backyard. They sneak out. They get brought home by the police at 2am. And she did not get grounded at all no, For two days no. she had to haul rocks From the front yard to the backyard Like manual <laughs> labor <laughs> And that was
1: it Your parents are old school Oh my yeah. gosh
3: well and also Like the reason why the cops were even patrolling Out there is because A, a woman like a teenager Had been raped like three days before Agonics. And so she gets brought home Oh and also Two of her friends and my dad drove the other Friends home He's like, oh, just it's okay. You guys can stay and never got in trouble. Constantly would have parties while my parents were sleeping. They were pretty dumb. (laughs) She would just have all these like boys and people in and they were drinking and smoking out side of my parents just never woke up
0: we used to sleep on the neighbor's trampoline and then we would wake up in the middle of the night and just walk around the neighborhood wrapped in blankets smoking cigarettes picking flowers <laughs> changing vandalizing signs and we never got caught ever yeah. ever ever hang with meredith yeah, yeah.
2: so that's my grievance mm-hmm. i missed a whole okay.
0: spring break oh,
3: that's oh a good God. one don't blame you that's yeah. not fair yeah
0: it's not fair it's not fair. not fair is what my mom used to say and yeah. still does say all the time. Mm-hmm. I've said it to my kids. I didn't think I would, but I have <laughs> I've said that. It's too. true.
1: The thing that my parents always used to say when I would complain about, you know, how Carl was getting it easier than me, she would say, well, we're not talking about your there. We're talking oh, about you. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that.
0: Yeah. My newest
2: thing now that like, I remember my parents saying to me is Bridget really wants to get TikTok, of course. And I'm like, no, you can't, like, you can look at it on my phone, but you can't have it on your iPad. And she's like, Uh, oh, it's not fair. And I'm like, listen, I trust you. I don't trust her. But, like, I'm like, I trust you, <laughs> but I don't trust, like, the Russian bots that are out there. Mm-hmm. Like, they're bad people. It's like and the they- worst spyware yep. app on earth, yes. isn't it? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I say the
4: same
3: uh, thing. Yeah. It's not you that I don't trust. It's everybody else. But you're... And, uh, also, like,
0: you. and yeah, also you. And also you. we don't say that. You don't have to tell them that. <laughs>
1: no. Ugh. All right. We're running really long. Yes. Will these mm-hmm. recommends? Yeah, this is quick. So quick.
3: My recommend is the show Remy on Hulu. It is so good. There's two seasons. The second season just dropped. So you'll have about 20 episodes to get through. I think I binge watched it in two days. Everyone should watch wow. it.
2: Um, mine is I'm sorry. It's on Netflix. So um, good. I think it was on, it's like cringy. So <laughs> just know that. But it's really funny. And I did some stuff that's legal in other states, um, and I was LOLing <laughs> majorly. So, good tip.
1: <laughs> I'll do a quick Amazon plug of the week because we got to have something in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. My plug of the week is the Lift Tall Adjustable Height Computer Monitor Stand. Uh, I just bought uh, this stand because I finally moved my work workstation up and combined it with my personal workstation and so I needed something to lift my third monitor uh honestly I could be like a security outfit here with all these monitors I've got going. (laughs) (laughs) and I wanted something that could be really tall and I wanted something that was adjustable so that when I want to work on my computer I can just bring it down and push the other monitors out of the way and I wanted something a lot of them are like the scissor where the the metal oh, scissors mm-hmm. up and down i didn't want that because i wanted to be able to put a shelf underneath it and yes. this fits the bill it's really it's 90 dollars 89.99 but it's free shipping uh okay. and it's a great great purchase i think and remember you don't have to actually buy the adjustable height computer monitor stand but if you start at that point and surf from there on amazon then we yeah. will get credit for the things that you buy
0: that would Hell be yeah. helpful yes and we may as well move on to housekeeping. On that note, um, you can also buy our merch at thisshowhaseverything.com. There's a shop button for your convenience. You can rate and review our show on your pod of choice. And as Anne was saying, use our Amazon link. You can just bookmark one of these uh, shameless plugs and use that as your um, jump point to uh, get to Amazon, and then we'll get a little bit of a cut of everything you buy. Hell yeah. Um, all right,
2: get involved. Our website is thisshowhaseverything.com. We still have throwyourphone.com. Join the Facebook group if you are so inclined. It's really fun, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. People are breaking the rules left and right, but it's mm-hmm. really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, the How show on Twitter. Dare you! <laughs> dare you. you no, people sorry. even <laughs> say that. <laughs> uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, the show Twitter is at Tishy Show. Email us at Tishy at ten seven ten Send us a voice memo, please, 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 please. Um, fax Bobby your butt at six one seven three five four eight five one three. And with that, thanks for joining us. There, this really was. This ran the gamut, but that really, really, really was everything. Yeah, it was everything. <laughs> yeah, for it really was. We did it. <laughs>
1: estrogen rules.